men book for her and book for you and me. You'll find good book for everyone at your library. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lauren's Library. I'm your host, Lauren, and I am here to ramble about book stuff. So grab a seat, grab some coffee, grab a blanket, grab the steering wheel if you're driving because I will not be paying for accidents, and get comfortable because we have a lot to talk about. This episode might be a little heavy. I apologize in advance. So for episode four of Lauren's Library, we have Book Talk Life Hacks, a discussion about book bands, and then an original short story written by me called DoorDash Date. So take the next few seconds to prepare yourself, okay? Ready? Go. So let's get into it. People are quick to try and find ways to get things for free when they're supposed to pay for them. Doesn't matter what it is. Unfortunately, books are not exempt from this. So about a year ago, in the spring of 2022, there was a viral TikTok going around giving people tips on how to return eBooks on Amazon after reading them. They labeled it like a life hack. And this life hack suggests that within seven days of the purchase, Amazon gives the reader the ability to return the book. Amazon's original intent behind this was to give people the chance to return accidental purchases. So, you know, maybe your crotch gob, ooh, I meant your kid. Sorry about that. Maybe your kid was clicking around on your Amazon account and started buying books. It happens. I've seen Facebook posts about it quite a bit. Or maybe you bought one of the thousands of books with similar titles and covers, even though you meant to get a different one. Amazon put this option in place to return the book and get your money back. Unfortunately, with this information in their arsenal, people are returning books that they've already read. So just in case you were unaware of how the process works, when this happens, the customer gets their money back, but the author then has to pay to have the book restocked. So Amazon finna snatch the royalties to pay for the cost, you feel me? So now when you think about it on a grand scale, Amazon is not hurting for the money. If you return something, they make so much money in other areas, it really doesn't even matter. So at first glance, I can understand how this would be considered a life hack, you know? You read the book, and if you're like me and you can read a book in like one or a couple of days, maybe one or two, you return it within seven and then get your money back. No biggie, right? Well, the problem comes when you really zoom in and take a look at who you're actually stealing from. Amazon is a huge platform, especially for indie authors. Uh, those authors depend on the money they make from Amazon to support their families, pay bills, eat, and just otherwise exist as a normal human. If enough people take advantage of this hack, some of those indie authors who don't really have as big of a following as someone like, let's say Colleen Hoover, right? Uh, they end up having to pay Amazon instead of the other way around. Some authors had their entire book series returned in spite of raving reviews and satisfied customers. So a tweet from an indie author named Lisa Kessler says, just a reminder that Amazon is not a library. 
When you read and return a book, it costs the author. It's June 1st and now I owe Amazon at the moment because people are reading through my books and returning them when they finish. Authors need to eat too. It may be tempting to return books you've already read as a way to stick it to the corporation, but in reality, you're not hurting Amazon. Amazon could give two flips and a giggle about you returning a book that you read, right? What you're doing is hurting the authors that are working tirelessly to give you these books that you make your TikToks about, okay? So a petition for Amazon to change the return policy circulated after this caught some traction and was picked up by multiple outlets. So then Amazon changed their policy. Now you can return the book, but only if you've read no less than 10%. If you've read more than that, then you're subject to a lengthier and more complicated return policy. Amazon didn't specify whether or not there will be consequences for people who abuse the return system because I mean, no matter what, no matter what you do, there's always going to be that one person that wants to be a douche canoe and take advantage of things. There's always going to be that one person that takes advantage of whatever you put in front of them. Always one. Okay. And honestly, I'm going to be real moment of transparency. I, ref I have pirated a book or two in my life, you know, when I was really poor and really wanted to read something, but I discovered this amazing thing called Libby, which is a library app. So you can borrow the book and return it and you don't have to worry about stealing, costing authors money, taking money out of their mouths, whatever. You don't have to worry about any of that because it's a library and it's free. So go grab it. Okay. Now that I've, I know better, I do better. So if you ask me, which you didn't, but I'm going to tell you anyway, once a person starts to abuse the return system, they should be banned from buying books on Amazon. Okay. Speaking of banning things, you love that segue, don't you? I know you do. It's cool. That leads me into my next topic that I wanted to discuss, which is book bans. I'll give you a few seconds to stretch and gather yourself, get your wits about you. You feel me? Because this next topic is going to be a little heavy. Okay. Ready? Go. Okay, we're back. Now, first thing, book bans are absolutely nothing new. They have reoccurred throughout American history. The list is continuously updating and or changing during the school years as new books are released and new authors poke their head out into the writing scene, you know? So according to pen.org, that's right, your girl did some research. Ain't you proud of me? I know you is. But according to pen.org, bans occurred in 138 school districts in 32 states. These districts represent 5,049 schools with a combined enrollment of nearly 4 million students. 4 million students. Of the 1,648 books banned, 41% address LGBTQ plus themes, 40% contain protagonists of color, 21% directly address issues of race and racism, 22% contain some, some type of sexual content like abortions or teen pregnancy, something like that. 10% have themes of activism and human rights because we all love human rights. Come on now. 9% are biographies and memoirs and 4% are related to religious minorities like Jewish, Muslim, and other faiths. 
So before we get into that, right, I have a quick, like, personal anecdote for you guys, okay? So growing up, I loved reading. Surprise, surprise. And when we would go to the store, like Walmart, okay, I would always ask my mom if I could go read the books or go look at the books because they had a, they had this popping book section back then. She would always say yes. Or, you know, when I went to Barnes and Nobles and I had my own little book section that I wanted to go look at, you know, whenever she let me pick out a book, like the, the routine would go, like I would pick up books that I liked based on their covers or their descriptions, whatever, or if it was an author that I already liked. And I would be sitting there like skimming the book from cover to cover, trying to figure out if I could spot something that my mother would deem inappropriate for me to read and, you know, not let me get the book. When I tell y'all that I would be in there looking at them books for a good 30, 45 minutes, right? And I would be convinced that I found absolutely every possible thing that she could, you know, flag. Or, you know, I, I looked through the book and I didn't see anything in there. And I'm like, all right, this book is good. All right, we good, we good. And I'm excited. So I take the books back over to her, right? And I, I, I kid you not, she was able to like open the book. That same book that I just spent 45 minutes looking at, making sure it was good. She was able to open it and flip right to a page where there was something that I missed every single time. It used to infuriate me as a kid, but as an adult, because unfortunately, as much as I like to deny it, I am, I am technically considered an adult now, <sighs> but as an adult, I appreciate it more because she was always involved in the stuff that I was reading. She always, you know, at least had a general idea. If she hadn't read the book herself, she would at least know what I was reading. And I feel like that is important with kids these days. You know, that brings me back to the whole book ban because that's technically, she had her own book ban on stuff that I was allowed to read. But this one, to me, is a bit out there. You know, like I understand and I do believe that certain age groups should have the content that they're consuming on the internet, movies, and books monitored by an adult or their parents because some books are just gross. Like, I'm looking directly at you, dinosaur porn. Okay. Some books are just gross for no reason. So yes, those need to be monitored. And I do believe you should monitor absolutely what everything your kid is consuming because it's important. But more often than not, these kids are living the lives that these books portray. You know, can we ban their reality? Books are a form of escapism or sometimes a coping mechanism, or they even may clarify things that the children are struggling with, but they don't always feel comfortable or have the vocabulary to talk about. It could open the floor for some very important conversations. Instead of banning the books and making them against the law or whatever, why not read them with your kids or students and guide them through the questions that they may have about it? So that way you know what they're reading I mean, I understand wanting to shield your babies from the ugly facets of reality for as long as possible. I totally get that. My mom did the same thing. Y'all heard me just tell the story. She used to watch me like a hawk. Sometimes it was really unnecessary because I really wasn't doing nothing. And I really didn't want to do anything. I had no interest. <laughs> but she was still, you know, like watching me. Like, you know, those paintings where it looks like the person's eyes are following you no matter where you go. That was basically my mother in human form. So I understand what wanting to protect your kids. But if they don't learn it from you, they're going to learn it somewhere else, right? And they're going to learn it from someone that does not have their interest 
at heart, does not have their best interests at heart. You know, like I said, I used to be so irritated with my mom for like policing almost basically what I was reading. And I even, you know, I joke about it now, but it's important to make sure that you know what your kids are reading. Instead of just saying, ew, this book is just bad. No, ban it. Like I said, read it with them, you know? Like as far as banning a book entirely, there are kids dying like daily from school shootings or being bullied and mistreated, neglected, abused, fighting for their lives constantly. I don't know. I just, I feel like focusing on books is a bit misdirected, you know, to my knowledge, and I could be wrong. Nobody has died from a book. Unless you count that random character in that John Wick movie. But other than that, <laughs> I may do an article on my blog, www.thebookybabe.com about you know, like going deeper into my opinion on book bans and whatnot. Because I don't want to get into it too deep up here. Otherwise, we're going to be up here all night and I know y'all got stuff to do. But I may, I may do that. But I mean, again, who am I? I don't even have kids. So I might not be the person to talk to about this, but that's just my opinion on it. You know, I'm no expert, but if you're interested this upcoming fall, October 1st through the 7th, to be exact, there's something happening called banned books week, right? This encourages readers, librarians, authors, and educators alike who oppose the book ban to become involved. You can find more information about what this means on www pn.org and under the hashtag free the books so i'll end this section here with a quote from a well-known author stephen king on twitter he said hey kids it's your old buddy steve king telling you that if they ban a book in your school haul your butt well he said you know another word for butt but we don't cuss on this podcast so just use your imagination haul your butt to the nearest bookstore and or library ASAP and find out what they don't want you to read. My sentiments exactly, Mr. King. So yeah, Whew. I felt like this episode was a little heavy, a little, little heavy handed. But fortunately, the story I have for you today is nowhere near as dense. It's called DoorDash Date, actually. I don't really have a fun story about how I came up with it. Just kind of imagined all the worst dates that me and some of my friends over the years have had and made something out of it. So yeah. Are you ready? You'd better get ready. You got like five seconds. Okay, go. I am a big fan of sticky notes. I'm pretty sure I have the biggest collection of sticky notes than anyone you've ever met. Big ones, small ones, funny shaped ones. I even have some leopard print ones. My date puffed his chest out proudly at his omission. I shifted uncomfortably in my seat and tried to keep my face neutral. I was trying to be positive, even though I could tell this date was headed nowhere fast. I was trying to remain positive for my best friend. She had strong armed me into letting her create an online dating profile for me so she could find me the perfect match. She had set me up with this guy, determined to save me from the life of all work and no play, as she called it. So, Darlo, what did you say you do again? He asked. I ignored the fact that he got my name wrong. I'm a software engineer, I said quickly. 
I briefly considered lying about it, but there was no point. I had no intentions of seeing this guy again. I hated mentioning my jobs on dates, though. Whenever it came up in conversation, I would always try to dance around the question in the hopes that I could avoid answering, because it never failed. Their eyes would immediately glaze over, or they would make a face. It was a type of career that automatically kind of sounded like you were bragging about it, even if you were simply just answering the question. And like clockwork, this guy recoiled almost as if he'd been slapped. So, that means you're one of those stuck-up smart types, right? He asked. I didn't even bother to stop the heavy sigh that escaped my lips. This was the last time that I let Ariella set me up on a date. You would think she'd know my taste in men by now. At least better than this, considering that we'd been inseparable since we were in diapers. Not sure where our wires got crossed. This guy, I think he said his name was Caleb, looked at me expectantly. I'm assuming he wanted me to defend my case. I was supposed to laugh flirtatiously and assure him that I could be the brainless, spineless bimbo he desired me to be. I stared at him for a moment, vowing to remain single for the rest of my life. I've still hit it though. Don't you worry. Maybe Caleb grinned at me. A piece of chicken from the appetizer we had just shared was wedged between his teeth. Disgusted, I grabbed my purse and stood up from the table. You have a good night, Caleb. It's Corey. He called after me as I turned and left the restaurant. It's a shame I couldn't at least make it through to dinner. Those chicken wings weren't enough to hold me over and this place was known for the macaroni and cheese. Plus, I wasted an outfit, which is a cardinal sin. I grabbed my phone from my purse and called Ariella as I stomped out to my car in the parking lot. She answered on the third ring. Either it was so successful that you've already seen him naked or you left the date early. There was a hint of amusement in her voice. She already knew exactly why I was calling and my silence only confirmed it. What was wrong with this one? He asked if I was a stuck up smart type because I'm a software engineer and then assured me that he would still hit it. My response was met with dead air. I flopped down in the driver's seat of my car and turned it on. I heard the familiar bloop of my phone connecting to the car Bluetooth as soon as I turned the key. There was a second of silence while the speaker connected and then Ariella's voice surrounded me as I pulled out of the parking lot. The famous macaroni and cheese would have to wait another day. That's it? Darcy, you are the smart stuck up type. Her laughter reverberated through the car. The raspy tone of it made it sound almost as if she was gasping for air. I rolled my eyes even though she couldn't see me. I wasn't stuck up. I just had certain expectations that needed to be met before I considered someone a match. I mean, I already had little patience for people as a whole, so I couldn't just have anyone hanging around me, sucking up my air, being in my space. You turned down the last guy because you didn't like the way he smelled, she reminded me. I heard rustling in the background, which was most likely the sound of her getting in the bed. I shuddered at the memory of my last date. He had reached for a hug, and the smell that bounced off his skin and clothes was enough to make me want to lean over and vomit. He smelled like green beans and stale deodorant. You expect perfection from these guys, D. Expecting someone to take a shower before a date is hardly expecting perfection, I retorted. Maybe I'd been a little hard on Corey, Caleb, but him and his sticky note collection really didn't do it for me. I'm just saying, no one is perfect. He had a sticky note collection, Ari. Okay, I admit that's a little weird, but still, think of how many sticky notes you use at work. It could be the perfect match. Ariella burst into a fit of giggles. I blew out a puff of air in frustration. I'm officially blocking you after this conversation. I hope you know that. 
I snapped, which only made her laugh harder. I pressed the end button on the car screen and rolled my eyes again. She could find amusement in my suffering because she didn't understand the struggle. She had gotten married to her boyfriend right out of high school, and they had been living in marital bliss ever since. She never had to navigate through the piss-filled waters of the dating pool. I pulled up into my driveway a few minutes later, counting the minutes until I could be snuggled up in my warm bed. By the time I made it inside, thoughts of Corey Caleb and his strange addiction had left my mind. Now, my only concern was to take off my clothes, order something on DoorDash, and catch up on the last few episodes of my favorite show. In no particular order. After placing an order at the same restaurant I had just left, I put on my pajamas and settled in front of the television. I pulled out my phone to see if anyone messaged me on the dating apps. There was one message waiting for me. A man named Jonathan. He seemed attractive enough from his pictures. Broad-shouldered, beard with an animated smile and deep brown eyes. I tilted the phone away from me and opened the message, peeking out of one eye just in case there was unsolicited meat mail waiting for me. Thankfully, there was none, and I blew out a sigh of relief. I never understood why men thought it was a good idea to send unsolicited pictures of their junk as a conversation starter. I shuddered as my mind wandered back to the last dick pic I had received. Pretty sure he had an STD of some sort that desperately needed to be treated by a doctor. It felt like a jump scare. I had dropped my favorite coffee mug at the shock of it and groaned in frustration when it cracked into tiny pieces on my freshly mopped floor. Shaking my head slightly to clear my thoughts of past disasters, I turned my attention to the message on my screen. Hey, you are beautiful. I just wanted you to know that. I don't have any special lines. I just wanted to be honest. I smiled. It was a boring message in comparison to the other ones I've gotten, but it was the most honest. Off to a good start. Thank you. You aren't so hard to look at yourself. To my surprise, three dots appeared almost immediately. I hadn't expected him to be in the app at this exact moment. Or maybe he just had the notifications on. Either way, he responded a lot quicker than I had anticipated. The next half hour was spent texting back and forth with Jonathan. He seemed almost too good to be true. He was smart, he was funny, and he was working towards some major accomplishments in his life at the bank he was working with. I was impressed. When do you think we'll be able to meet for a date? I checked my watch, wondering when the food was due to get here. According to the tracker on the DoorDash app, my dasher, John, was at the restaurant waiting on my order. My stomach grumbled in protest. The one chicken wing I managed to snag during that disastrous date was long gone. When is the next time you're free? I typed my response and then absentmindedly tossed the phone on the couch next. It buzzed a second later with a text. I grabbed it, thinking it would be another message from Jonathan, but was greeted with a text from Corey Caleb. Hey, Darla. You mad trash for bailing on our date? But you sexy AF, so I'll give you another shot. When can I see you again? I stared at the message in disbelief. Not only did he not get my name right again, but did he not notice that I was so disgusted I bailed before the food even got to the table? I made a mental note to curse Ariel out once again for convincing me to go out with someone so dense. My name is Darcy, and no thanks, I'm good. Not even two seconds later, my phone vibrated again, and an irritated shriek left my lips. Corey Caleb's penis, his cockaroon, had entered the chat. The picture looked like it was taken while he was on the toilet. I could see his hairy knees and the pants he was wearing at dinner bunched up around his ankles. The caption, this is what you're missing out on, in all caps, was at the bottom. I squinted at the screen, trying to figure out what exactly I was missing, but before I could type out my scathing response, the doorbell rang. I popped up, ready to dive into my mac and cheese, and threw open the door just in time to see the dasher bent over placing the food on my doorstep. 
Something about him seemed familiar, but I couldn't quite put my finger on it until he stood straighter and those deep brown eyes I had just been swooning over connected with mine. Jonathan. Darcy? He asked. His voice was deeper than I had expected it to be. The deep rumble of it sent shockwaves up my spine. I tried to ignore the way my body responded to hearing my name on his lips. He looked yummy in his black Nike sweatpants and matching hoodie. Should I be creeped out that you already know where I live? I asked. He gave me a startled smile. His eyes traveled down to the phone in my hand, then he raised a thick eyebrow before glancing back up at me. Should I be creeped out that you have pictures of a dick on your phone? Embarrassment heated my cheeks. He laughed and shrugged. He had a nonchalant vibe about him that intrigued me. My life was always going, always moving. I wondered for a moment what it would be like to stay still for a second. Being around him made me feel calmer, like I could relax for once. It's just the results of a date gone wrong. I clicked off my phone screen and slid into the back pocket of my pajamas. Back in my mind, I knew I should probably be embarrassed that he caught me in my SpongeBob PJs, but I wasn't. So, you're a door dasher, huh? Only temporarily. I'm using the extra cash to save for an upcoming trip. My brother's getting married soon and wants his groomsmen to fly up to the Bahamas. I leaned against the door frame and grinned up at him, only vaguely acknowledging that my mac and cheese would probably be cold by now. Suddenly, I wasn't so hungry. Your brother, hmm? He nodded. Older or younger? He raised an eyebrow and motioned towards the food that I hadn't bothered to pick up yet. As much as I'd love to give you a rundown of my family tree, don't you have to eat? Tone was friendly and a smile danced around the corners of his mouth. I couldn't help but smile in return. Do you want to come in? I asked. He gave me a surprised look, which paled in comparison to the surprise I was feeling at myself. Did I really just invite this man I had only exchanged a few messages with inside my house? This is how murders occur. Pretty sure there was a Law & Order episode model left this exact scenario. Ariella would be shaking her head if she could see me right now. I mean, you're welcome to come in, as, as long as you know you're not a murderer. Definitely murder-free. At least until the second date. Then it's fair game. I froze and stared at him. Is he serious? He held my gaze for a moment before tilting his head back and laughing. I caught a glimpse of his impressively white teeth from the gesture. Sorry, that was a really bad attempt at a joke. I'd love to come in if I haven't ruined my chances. I stepped aside to let him in. And as he passed me, I caught a whiff of his cologne. It smelled almost as delicious as he looked. Sent up a quick prayer that he wouldn't slice me up and put me in the dumpster and took a quick picture of him on my phone. Girl, if I go missing, just know that this is the man that did it. I sent the picture and a screenshot of his profile to Ariella. She called me back almost immediately. What's going on? Who was this man? She demanded. A dating profile match and apparently my door dasher. And you just invited him inside your house? Girl, are you trying to get killed? She hissed. Jonathan glanced at me and raised an eyebrow. He must have heard what she said. <laughs> I smiled and gave him a little wave before stepping into the kitchen for more privacy. That's why I sent you the picture so you can solve my case. Girl, this is crazy. You better call me as soon as he leaves. I want all of the ugly details, all of them, including the size of his meat tube and Ariella. <laughs> I let out a startled laugh. Meat tube? That's disgusting. She chuckled. So is what you're doing, but I'll let you be great. Be safe but be great. We hung up. I stuck my mac and cheese in the microwave and popped my head into the living room. Jonathan sat on the couch, scrolling his phone, looking innocent enough. He glanced up at me when I entered the room, carrying the now piping hot mac and cheese with me. Would you like some? Five years later, Ariella stood holding her glass up and waiting for the rest of the room to fall silent. Her dress glittered in the soft light of the restaurant. 
Her hair, which was usually wild, curly, and carefree, was carefully tucked into a bun at the top of her head. Loose tendrils framed her flawlessly made-up face. Thank you everyone for coming to the rehearsal dinner for my best friend Darcy and her husband-to-be, Jonathan. One night last year, she called me and asked me to be her maid of honor. And of course, I couldn't say no. She beamed at me for a moment and then turned back to the crowd. I figured, since I'm in charge of this toast, that I'd start it with an embarrassing story. I groaned in protest, but she ignored me and kept going. Okay, so boom. My girl is home feeling stressy and depressy after her horrible date with this guy named Caleb, right? It was Corey, I interrupted. Right, yeah, Corey, whatever. Anyway, she's home wallowing in her sorrow and cringing at the typical dick pic when the doorbell rings. All right, y'all. I switched it up on you a little bit this week. A little less slice and dice. A little more whatever that was. <laughs> so what do you think? Should I continue this story? Let me know. Tune in next week or head over to my blog at www.thebookiebabe.com and read some other short stories that I got going on in my short story section. I haven't updated it in a while, so yeah, don't judge me. <laughs> Make sure you rate and review this podcast on whatever platform you're using and you can even leave me a message at Lawrence Library Podcast on Instagram. I'd love to talk about books, as you should know by now. You can also find me posting detailed reviews on my Bookie Bay page, which is at the Bookie Babe underscore on Instagram and just the Bookie Babe on TikTok. But bear with me, your girl is still new to TikTok. All them transitions and and songs and dances be giving me whiplash sometimes. But I'm up there and I'm trying. But basically, I said all that to say, if you want to say hello, there are multiple ways to contact me. Take your pick. But one way or another, I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. Bye, guys.